The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Good afternoon, gentle listeners. This is Michael Kist with the pre-show note for the QBS Go Show episode 55. Right after we were done recording, it was released that Cam Newton, and this is per Adam Schefter, quote, Panthers are expected to release quarterback Cam Newton today, sources tell ESPN. So while we did talk about Cam Newton and his potential fits elsewhere in the league, we did not have that news to talk about during the show, but it really doesn't ruin anything in our conversation. Just keep that in mind as you're listening. Here's the QB's Co. Show. Welcome into the QB Sco Show. This is episode 55, brought to you by the Five Folk at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I am your host, Michael Kist. Follow me on Twitter at Michael Kist NFL. That's K-I-S-T. And as always, here to break down the quarterbacks around the world, in the draft, in the league, worldwide, QB1, in our hearts, in our minds. He is Mark Schofield. Mark, how you doing, brother? I'm doing well, buddy. I'm doing well. These are certainly interesting times, but we forge on. The people need their QB Scotia fix. And as we often do on this show, we will start with a historical reference. And I spent some time this morning and even last night trying to piece one together. I'm currently reading a book by Dan Abrams about John Adams and his defense of the British soldiers after the Boston Massacre. And I thought it'd be nice to sort of talk a little bit about you know, the tinderbox that was Boston back when the Boston Massacre took place and how close the colonies were to just a calamitous event. And I realized that the idea of doing a traditional historical reference just made no sense. You know why? Mm. Look outside. (laughs) You know, we often joke in the world about how we're living through history. We legitimately are living through a historical moment right now, okay? Most of the listeners are probably under some sort of lockdown or quarantine. Businesses are closed. People are freaking out. Everywhere across the world, like the Olympics were just canceled. This is legitimately one of those moments that, yeah. You know, you might think, oh, yeah, this is going to be in a history book someday. No, this will be in a history – well, I guess they don't make books anymore. This will be in a history iPad tablet someday. <laughs> so if you want a historical reference, look outside. Don't go outside. Got to practice that social distancing. Got to stay six feet away from everybody. But open up a window, look outside because we are legitimately living history. So to all the gentle listeners, to all the dear listeners, stay safe. Wash those hands. St. Toto's Africa while you do it. And 
and be kind to each other. I'm, I'm wondering what you're doing to stimulate your mind throughout this time. Obviously, you've got quarantine with the with the, with the kids. Um, I, my my wife and and my kids are home more frequently now, so I need uh, my escape as well as much as my marriage is fine. For instance, I'm reading uh, The Fall of Rome from Brian Ward Perkins, who takes on the idea that, uh, or that the recent idea from my uh, historians that Rome didn't really fall, it more transformed, and it was it was a more peaceful thing than a lot of people think of. And he really uh, does a good job taking that down in a scholarly work with, with some good uh, narrative flow to it as well. So that's something that I would recommend to the listeners as far as television. I've worked through season five of Vikings, still deciding on whether or not I want to go through with season six, uh, because the second half of the of that season five really kind of lost me. And then Money Heist is one Ooh. that I will suggest for a binge. Gonna have to put the subtitles on, put it in the original language on Netflix there, but see the first three seasons are fantastic. Season four drops April third. Can't recommend it enough. So that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm watching. Are you watching anything or binging anything specific? Uh, that's getting you through this or playing any video games that are getting you through? Well, I am still growing through the final season of Peaky Blinders. Well, not final season, but season five of Peaky Blinders. Unfortunately, they have sort of halted production on season six. So, you know, won't get to see that for a while. Season five, you know, you Mike, you and I were talking about this. Season four was just so good. Yeah. That season five, you know, and I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but it kind of takes a turn where you're just like, Really? <laughs> All right. Like I, I this was one of those moments where you're like they clearly had a, a like three season arc sketched out for the show and when the show sort of took off they were like, "Oh, we got to extend this somehow. Let's do something really sort of wacky in season 5." And that's what they did. So, Peaky Blinders, of course, picked up Warzone on COD, on Call mm. of Duty, got our first W. Yes. Michael yes. over the weekend. That was Very a big proud. one. You and I and uh, the one and only Coach Vass, yeah. the massive victory. So, th- so that was fun. So, yeah, you know what I dusted off with the family this weekend? What's that? Nintendo sixty four. Oh, nice! And we busted out Mario Party two. Let's go! And it was uh, just a fun little adventure with the family. And then, you know, th- this is a twenty five year old game system. The the controller I had barely worked. I'm gonna use that as the reason why I did not win. Um, but <laughs> Owen got the big W. He was very excited. Simone actually came in second. Um, I think my wife and I threw a couple of the mini games to to prod that along, but the kids were happy. So, you know, we're all sort of making the best. It is just weird. Like we live on a little cul-de-sac, so there's not a lot of traffic anyway, but there's nobody around. Yeah. Like just absolutely nobody. Like we'll let the kids like ride their scooter and they ride their scooters and their bikes with like two other kids that live across the street. But it's just, it's just weird, man. This whole thing's just strange. I walked outside uh, the the other night, and all I heard from my neighbor's house, it sounded like three or four children, girls, screaming the song to Frozen. And I'm thinking, that guy is having oh. a time with this. God Can I just him. say? Yeah. This is the day my wife and I are finally going to surrender and get Disney+. Plus. Oh, it's like, fantastic. We're... I know. I'm I'm looking forward to some Baby Yoda love, but I just know that in like three hours from now, Frozen 2 is going to be on the television. Yeah. And I just cannot wait. Can I can I recommend the Tiger King instead? Might not be great for the kids, but that documentary on Netflix kills I've heard me. good things. <laughs> I've heard good things. Joe Exotic is a beast. Last suggestion. Uh, the Sagas of the Icelanders uh, is a book that I just ordered uh, with uh, Jane Smiley. And if anything gets me excited... Down there in the pants area. It's a decal edged book. Look that up if you don't know what it means. All right. Let's get to some football talk. <laughs> now that now that we've gone through that. 
football's still going on, at least, you know, from the business side of things. And, and first note, since this is an Eagles feed and during the season, we have a heavy focus on the Eagles during the offseason. Obviously, we shift to league wide thoughts, pandemic thoughts, free agency and the draft just out of necessity. I mean, we can't just talk smack about Carson Wentz year round. We're not 94 WIP after all. But there is some news on the Eagles front as they bring back elite quarterback prospect Nate Sudfeld. One year, two mil. 500k guaranteed contract with up to $3 million in incentives pending any further moves later in the process like we saw with the Josh McCown signing last year. And, and look, hey, I'm all for bringing back Josh McCown if he surveys his options because he was just an invaluable resource in that building last year. As it stands now, though, Sudfeld would be quarterback two for the Eagles. He turns 27 in October and has only thrown 25 passes in his NFL career. Uh, looking around the league at the NFL here, we'll move through these. The Jacksonville Jaguars have traded quarterback Nick Foles to the Chicago Bears for a compensatory fourth round pick. Uh, when talking about this deal, it is important to note that Nick Foles restructured his contract with uh, with the Bears when he was traded, which reduces his 2020 cap hit to 15.6 mil. He carries cap hits of just over 20 mil in 2021 and 2022. And there is no dead cap attached to his contract in those years. The Jaguars take on a dead cap hit of almost $19 million as they recoup that fourth. Uh, and, and look, this is a Jaguars team that swung big and missed and aren't sticking around to find out how bad they missed and strike out again. But for the Bears, this leaves them with Nick Foles and mediocre Mitch. And you wonder if, you know, this is how things looked for the Goths in 376 as Fritigern and his goss ran from the Huns, pleaded for protection in Rome, but were abused instead in a bit of out of the frying pan and into the fire? Or or will the Bears somehow rally like Fritigern and deal a, a victory blow in the Battle of Adrianopolis to, to blow up the football world? Because I'll tell you what, if they don't, they're going to look mighty stupid because as it stands now, like one of the repercussions of this, that oft talked about second round pick being slated as a potential spot where they could take a quarterback should be less in play as they need to, at some point, address other areas of the roster. This is a perfect example when we talk about quarterback purgatory that we were warning them about last year, the amount of resources they have expended to grab Trubisky, the amount of resources a pick-starved and cash-strapped organization is using to try and fix that run with Nick Foles and the lack of resources resulting from that, that they have to find answers if this doesn't work, is staggering and will tank their future. This is it for Ryan Pace this year, right here, in my opinion, or darn well should be. Mark, your thoughts on what the heck is going on in Chicago? I think two things can be true. One is, in a vacuum, Nick Foles is a very good fit for Matt Nagy's offense, and he might be the quarterback that sort of saves this situation for the Chicago Bears, because yep. when we see the quarterback position and how it has let that team down, they had this window, they might miss out on it if they don't get stable, consistent quarterback play from anybody. Yeah, it makes sense. But... This is nothing short of a panic move by Ryan Pace. Huh. And it's a panic move among panic moves that he has made this free agency period. Because yeah. you can't overlook the fact they gave Jimmy Graham a two-year, $16 million deal with a good chunk of that guaranteed when Jimmy Graham looks as well as my cat who 
passed away back in August. I mean, yeah. they had a vacuum, I mean, a black hole at the tight end position and to try to fill it with a, with Jimmy Graham. I mean, this is a guy that they gave him the same contract that the, the Packers gave him two years ago. Yeah. And the Packers were the team that just released him. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. And to take on this contract, although like you pointed out and walked us through, they did sort of restructure it, to give up a fourth round pick for that, for a team that it was up against it from a cap perspective and doesn't have a ton of picks to begin with. This is Ryan Pace acknowledging two things. A, that he whiffed on Trubisky. Like, make no mistake about that. This right. is an acknowledgement that he missed on that evaluation. And B, if they don't figure out the quarterback position, he's gone. Hmm. And so those two things can certainly be true. Foles is a good fit for their offense. And so, yeah. okay, but this was a panic move. And I'd sort of like to point out the fact that this is a franchise that has been around since like the 20s, right? Yeah. No, they they were one of the original sort of football franchises. That what was who's their last good quarterback? It's been my colleague <laughs> Doug Farrar over at Touchdown Wire when we wrote free agency grading piece said that their last transcendent quarterback was Sid Luckman, who wow. retired in 1950. Now you might make the case that oh Jim McMahon brought them a Super Bowl, but they won that because of their defense. Right. You might make the case that Jay Cutler did some great things for them, got him to an NFC Championship game, got him to a Super Bowl. Although that was Rex Grossman who got him to a Super Bowl. No, I mean it's this is a quarterback starved franchise. Hmm. That's ugly. <laughs> like, that's not good. So the Bears got to figure that out. I, I really think they have missed their window. And uh, what has happened to the roster because of that, because of these struggles, has really just accentuated the problem that they have. And and it's no longer, I don't think their defense is going to be good enough to the point where no. you just need a quarterback to make the throws like they needed from Trubisky. I think they're going to need more. Yeah, because look at who they lost to their defense. They lose Saha Clinton Dix, uh -huh. who's a serviceable safety. They lost Prince of Markamara, who's a good corner. Yeah. Not great, but good. He's good. They lose Leonard Floyd. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it's not like they're suddenly like the same defense they were a couple of years ago. Yeah. And I know they sort of made some patchwork moves as well. Barkevius Mingo, he's more of a special teamer. Like Artie Burns, like, okay. Like the, the defense has taken a step back. Robert Quinn, I guess, kind of levels out the, the loss of Floyd, but the defense is nowhere near as good. So you're going to need a quarterback that is at least going to be able to read a mirrored Carl Flat concept more consistently than Mitchell. Yeah, and they had the number one DVOA defense in 2018. That dropped to eighth last year. I wouldn't be surprised to see it drop out of the top 10. And that's uh, at the point yeah. where you're just like, okay, we need a quarterback to that can do more than just make the throw. So uh, definitely yeah, if, right if there. they're like suddenly a, a, a number 15 defense, like middle <laughs> of the pack defense. They're going to be terrible. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to be bad. All right. Let's, let's move on to something near and dear to your heart. No, <laughs> Tom, absolutely not. Tommy, I refuse. You can't make me. Tommy Brady, Tom Brady, Bucks. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, two-year, 50 mil guaranteed, fully guaranteed, up to $9 million in additional incentives. Uh, there are also clauses in his contract that Brady wanted in there, which disallows the Bucs from trading or tagging him, which would suggest that Brady doesn't think he's going to be done with football after those two years. Brady turns 43 in August. If that's the case, he wants to leave the possibility open to go play some ball as a 46-year-old. That, shockingly, wouldn't make him the oldest quarterback ever. 
as that distinction belongs to George Blanda, who retired just short of his 49th birthday. But it should be noted that Blanda didn't start again in the final seven years of his career from 1969 to 1975. Moving on from that, Mark, uh, this is a move that I call the pipe dream for Tampa Bay. Uh, in a less shocking turn of events, I'm a freaking idiot. Uh, Mark, your thoughts on his fit in Tampa Bay? Schematically, it is a bit of a question because we know Bruce Arians, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a vertical-based passing offense. This is a Coriel system. And over the years, one of the knocks on Tom Brady has been his inability to sort of throw the deep ball. And he doesn't have an elite arm. And at 43, which he turns in August – I don't think the arm is going to drastically improve overnight. He can still dial up velocity when he needs to, but it's more in the intermediate areas of the field and things need to be almost perfect for him to do so. Like he's not doing it off platform or anything like that. At the same time, from Tom Brady's perspective, he's going to be playing with Chris Godwin, Michael Evans, OJ Howard, Cameron Bray. Like those are his two tight ends and his two receivers right now. Yeah, and apparently they have interest in bringing back Brashad Perriman. There hasn't been a deal done on that, but they are interested in bringing him back, which gives him a guy that runs in the four twos. They like to put him in the slot and and just send that sucker deep. So he's got plenty of weapons there. He has better weapons than he's had (laughs) recently. Yeah. I mean, look back through the – even Going back to the Randy Moss year, I mean, honestly. Yeah. I mean, you have to go back that far to find him having better weapons. Yeah. And so he's somebody that needs help at this point in his career. And the time with him in New England was basically done, right? Like, yeah. it had run its course. The fact that you have three massive egos with Robert Kraft, Tom Brady, and Bill Belichick able to staple it all together for 20 years – and to make it work for 20 years, like kudos to them. Mm. But it had run its course. And people knew that Brady was gone. I'm not sure if I'm repeating myself here, but out at the Combine on a Wednesday night at the bar at the JW Marriott with all the Boston beat writers, and it was like a wake. <laughs> like we all knew. We all knew that he was leaving. And then the next day, the Jeff Darlinson report came out that – you know, things were going poorly between Brady and, and the Patriots. And yeah. the Boston Herald had the report that, you know, it looked like it was done. I mean, you knew last year that he wasn't going to come back. And yeah. so it's interesting, this idea that no tag, no trade. He's always said he wanted to play until he was 45. Yeah, I think this is going to be his final ride. Yeah. Do I think they get a Super Bowl in Tampa? I don't know. But I think he's honestly... If you put his move to Tampa and you recall and keep in mind everything else the Patriots have lost in the past two weeks, he might be closer to a Super Bowl in Tampa than he is in New England right now. Yeah. Look at what they lost on the defensive side of the ball. Kyle Van Noy, Alandon Roberts, Jamie Collins, Deron Harmon. Yeah. That's three linebackers and one of your starting safeties gone out the door. And they needed help at tight end. They needed help at wide receiver. Question marks on the offensive line. And now you look to see what he's got in Tampa Bay. And let's not forget, that Tampa Bay Bucks defense, that was getting better as the season wore on. Part of the reason that defense struggled at times is your quarterback's throwing 30 picks. You're <laughs> right. defending 30 short fields. Right. Or sometimes they're pick sixes. I mean, 100%. Instantly, if you get a quarterback who throws 30 picks and one that's going to throw maybe 10, yeah. 
like your defense gets a little better, sort of the butterfly effect of that. We talk, we talk about it in baseball terms, like run support for offenses right. when defenses get turnovers. The same thing happens with yeah. offenses and defense. If you're putting your defenses in a bad situation like that, man, I'm shocked with how well the Bucks defense was able to respond to that throughout the year because they definitely did get better, especially in the second half of the year. They get JPP back, and all of a sudden they're, they're like a top five defense out of nowhere. So I would agree, but they're in a better position in Tampa Bay. Mark, quickly before we go to break, Jared Stidham, is he the starting quarterback in New Eng- uh, of New England in week one, yes or no? I think he is. Mm. I think he is. I think their their plan is to see what they have. Look, they went out and got Brian Hoyer, right? Yeah, to mentor him, basically. He, he's basically going to be the Josh McCown. Right. Like, he's going to, like, you know, be his mentor, be his sidekick, try to coach him up on the sidelines. They, they didn't make a move for an Andy Dalton. There hasn't been any sort of indication that they're going to go after, say, a Cam Newton or a Jameis Winston. They're up against it from the cap anyway. Yeah, they're going to roll with Stidham, see what they have in him. And if it doesn't pan out, maybe they're 4-12 and 12 and they're picking in the top five. And who knows what happens. I'm just saying, yeah. league, if you're going to let Trevor Lawrence somehow <laughs> find his way to Foxborough, all the stuff you've been saying the last 20 years, that's on you now, Yeah. okay, if you let that happen. I'm just that's saying, on you, the league. That's on you, the league. You guys might need to lay down a couple of games. You know, if you're a middle in franchise as well and you go into Foxborough next year, yeah. take one for the team. <laughs> right. Maybe lay down and don't let Trevor Lawrence go to Foxborough. I'm just saying. Or Justin Fields. Right. I mean, look, either one of those guys look really good right now. When we come back here on the QB Sco Show, we're going to talk about some more quarterback transactions. That's coming up next right here on BGN. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. And we are back on the QB Sco Show, episode 55, SB Nation, Bleeding Green Nation, bringing it to you. Michael Kist here with quarterback one in our hearts, Mark Schofield. Mark, looking around the league, uh, you nailed the fit the last time we talked in the QB Sco Show 54 uh, that was Teddy Bridgewater to the Carolina Panthers. The deal for Teddy is three years, 63 mil total, $33 million in guarantees. Uh, he'll count 14 mil against the cap this year, 23 mil in 2021, 26 mil in 2022, uh, which represents the first realistic out year there in 2022. Uh, the Panthers also traded Kyle Allen to Washington for a fifth round pick. Allen will go compete with Dwayne Haskins after starting 12 games for the Panthers last year, partly doing so uh, last year under the interim OC for the Panthers, Scott Turner, who is now the Washington OC under Ron Rivera. 
friend of the show and friend of ours, Mark Bullock of The Athletic, put up a piece this morning regarding uh, Kyle Allen in Washington, coming to the conclusion after watching the film that he's too mistake-prone to be considered a legitimate starter, but it has enough traits to warrant developing him as a backup. Bullock himself would probably admit that he's more pro-Haskins than others, and you wonder if that's even more pro-Haskins than the new regime in Washington. And look, the Panthers were not done. As an XFL signal caller that we talked about last show, as a guy headed to the NFL, P.J. Walker will reunite with his college ball coach, Matt Rule, in Carolina. Makes a ton of sense. Uh, Now, there's still the question of what's to be done with Cam Newton, but that's a beehive of activity for the Panthers quarterback room. Mark, you can go anywhere you like with all that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a lot to put on the plate there. I mean, from Carolina's perspective, you get the sense that the direction they want to go with their offense, the sort of West Coast RPO spread type stuff that Joe Brady was running at LSU, that he sort of gleamed from Sean Payton's playbook. And that's why I thought that Bridgewater was going to be a perfect fit in that offense. Also because of the fact that there's history between the two, like Brady and Bridgewater were together in New Orleans. And so the transition for Bridgewater was going to be an easy one. Playbook is going to be really similar. But the P.J. Walker signing, it is fascinating because you watch his XFL tape, as I did yesterday. You watch some of his stuff back in Temple, which I had done previously, and watch some stuff again yesterday because I was writing about him for Touchdown Wire. You see the vision, the athleticism, the arm slots, all the stuff that now we're sort of starting to value at the quarterback position, the ability to make plays off structure, outside the pocket. From Carolina's perspective, they have their guy, they have their developmental guy, and Bridgewater and, and Walker are probably going to be the two. I wouldn't be surprised if Will Greer is a training camp cut at this point. These are going to be the two guys that fit their offense the best. Yeah. As far as Kyle Allen, I'm sort of more in Mark Bullock's camp than anything else, who, by the way, credit to him, just goes out and crushes a piece within hours of a trade getting done. Like, Bullock's a machine. I'm more pro Haskins, I think, than most, sort of like I said with, with Mark there. Allen will know the offense, obviously, some familiarity with the, the offensive coordinator that's up there in Washington right now. But I do think that this is Dwayne Haskins' show. Mm-hmm. I think he's more like if everything goes completely haywire with Haskins, now they've at least got somebody that can run their offense. Because let's not forget, good friend of the show, Colt McCoy, he's now in New York with the Giants. And, yeah. and so – you know, they don't have the Colt McCoy guy to fall back on. Who knows what's happening with Alex Smith and how the new organization views him. <laughs> as for Cam, the interest it did with Cam is, again, as we talked about in the open with our quote-unquote historical reference, how does he get a physical done? Like, right. this is one of those situations, like him and like Tua, guys where the meds matter a ton. Mm. How does that get done? Now, I know we might be sort of slowly opening things back up, but... If you're a team, you got to be sure that Cam's going to be okay and ready to go. There's a long and distinguished injury history there yeah. that you've got to worry about. Yeah. I do think that the Chargers are probably the team that makes the most sense for Cam. Definitely. But they're telling us Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. And we assume they're going to take somebody at six. And so maybe when the music stops, Cam's left without a chair. I don't know. Yeah. And that's fascinating with the medicals because teams are like outsourcing this stuff. But when you're talking about the trust level with that and the importance of the position and how that impacts your franchise. Uh, I can see teams definitely wanting to wait on that. So we'll wait and see. And of course, you know, Tyrod Taylor with the chargers, they're saying he's the guy and that that's our guy. (laughs) We'll see how you feel when there are other options out there. Uh, Let's go to another 
XFL guy. We'll kind of run through these other moves real quick. Uh, Jordan Tamu goes to the Chiefs on a one-year deal. Another XFL player getting his shot in the big leagues. Nice quarterback competition between him and some guy named Patrick Mahomes. We'll see how yeah. that works out. Uh, Philip Rivers goes to the Colts on a two-year, $29 million deal. Uh, so, so the guy that we were concerned, the fit in Tampa Bay, goes to a system that can be made friendly for him in the short areas of the field with Frank Reich. I really like that fit. Marcus Mariota, he goes to the Las Vegas Raiders on a two-year, $17.6 million deal. Uh, the Raiders get their fall back for Derek Carr, whose contract runs through 2022. But let's say there's a change and they want to roll with Mariota in 2021. Carr would represent only a $2.5 million uh, cap hit in, in dead cap. Uh, and then finally, just like Cam, there's another question out there of a big-name quarterback that's just kind of hanging around. There's the question of Jameis Winston. Mark, any thoughts on any of that? I'm just I'm just throwing stuff against the wall and seeing and seeing what sticks on you. Yeah, I mean, I think the Mariota one, we should have seen this one coming. When they made that move, I sort of went back and looked at how people looked at him during the draft. I pulled up the Gruden QB camp episode with Gruden and Mariota. They were breaking <laughs> down Spider 2Y banana and doing it on the whiteboard and all sorts of stuff. And you could see that Gruden Although he always seemed to have a soft spot for these quarterbacks, it seemed like he and Mariota clicked a little bit. He was Mayock's QB one yeah. in that draft class over Winston, and a lot. Of, I remember when Mayock made that flip. It was like right around this time of the year, where it was like right before the draft, and we all sort of read into it. Is he just hearing something from the league, or what was it? But Mayock genuinely liked him, and so I think that yeah, um, probably shouldn't have been surprised by that one. Gruden and Mayock both really like him. They, they, you know, Mayock, and I'll, I'll catch off real quick, but Mayock also really loved Nelson Aguilar, who yeah. was brought into the to the Raiders on a one year deal, getting some Eagles and news out there. What's interesting about the Mariota deal is they gave him some guaranteed money, and if you look at their cap situation next year, yeah, it's easier for them to get rid of Carr than it is Mariota, right? Like if Which, you're looking at this, you're thinking there it really is. I really think there is an open competition there between. Yeah. Mario, for sure. We'll be fascinated to see that play out. I'm, I'm intrigued by the Tamu thing. I mean, you know that's obviously a threat to Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I mean, I Let's mean, come on. Conservatively, thirty minutes on this. <laughs> yes, yes. Break it down. How in danger of losing his job Patrick Mahomes actually is? No, I mean, <laughs> it, it's a nice flyer, and I, I think he's an interesting prospect. I don't know where Jameis ends up. Yeah, I just don't know where he goes. I mean, you might say again the Chargers, but yeah. Eh? I threw out a weird one the other day. The New York Giants. Who? Yeah. Like, and, and here's my elevator pitch on this one. Winston is who he is, right? Like, I think we can declare after five years in the league that he's a guy that's going to make some splash throws, but it's going to take some ridiculous chances with the football. He's been basically, at least this last year, college. even longer. That Back to college. Like, I remember when we were studying him for the draft. He was like forcing throws into triple coverage. If he saw Nick O'Leary over the middle with three guys draped around him, he was going to throw to him anyway. Yep. Like this is just who Jameis Winston is. The fit with the Giants, A, he's not going to be looked at as a guy that's going to have to play right away because they got Daniel Jones. Yeah. Like, they're, they're not as weird as Gettleman and Judge were at the combine. Like Daniel Jones is their quarterback. But they got Jason Garrett, Corey Guy is their offensive coordinator. Like the schematic fit's going to be there. And he can just sort of like, Blend into the background in New York and just sort of like learn to just play the positions again because yeah. he's been thrust into the lineup as a starter since basically day one. Like he is who he is. It's probably not going to change, but if you can just dial it back, it's the tiniest bit. 
I don't know. I, I don't know where else he goes. He's certainly not going to New England. Like Bill Belichick's not going to put up with that. No way. Like, where does like where is he? Where does Jameis end up? Where did that's the thing that fascinates me most about this quarterback carousel is where do those two guys, Newton and Winston, finally end up? I just yeah. I don't know. I never want to dial back Jameis Winston for a moment. No, I, I want him to start forever, and I would absolutely love getting to to like, have a reason to watch him throughout the season in prep for something. Because you, I mean, I'll I'll say this, man. <laughs> if he somehow gets to New England. Yeah. I will be the happiest man on the <laughs> planet. Like, give me the chance to cover Jameis week after week after week. And like, Bill's reactions to one of those I mean, boat. Oh, my God. <laughs> just the gifts or gifs. It's gifts, by the way. Or gifs, either way, from Belichick, like, glaring at him after yeah. he throws, like, you know, into Edelman, who's draped by like six defenders and just slings it in there anyway. Like I, I'm work. I did a piece for Matt Wallace's RSP on some of like Jameis's mistakes, and like one of the pick sixes he threw, it was just a simple like sit route, like a six yard curl from his tight end, and he knew it was going to be open right away, but he still went through the like perfect drop, the hitch, the pad of the ball, <laughs> and the ball comes out, and Dion Bush, the linebacker, is just jumping it because he knows exactly where he's going with the football, and it's like he was throwing an out route to the linebacker. That's what it looked like. Yeah, I don't get the guy, but it would be an absolute joy to cover. I was going through Jameis, or I was actually going through Kirk, uh, Christian Kirksey film, and I went back to 2018 to watch some of his film because he had played seven games that year. And I remember, and I and I looked up like, okay, in what game did he get an interception? I want to see this, and I'll, I'll watch the rest of the game. And it was Tampa Bay, and like I, I go to the play, that's the interception. I see them lined up. I see the formation. I'm like, man, he's about to throw this sucker right in the seam, right at this dude. There's yep. no, yep, boom. Like, no regard whatsoever for underneath defenders. It was the most predictable pick that could ever happen. It was incredible. It's like, you can't even credit Kirksey for that. Yeah, like, I mean, th <laughs> there was another one where he threw where uh, Darius Leonard picked him off. <laughs> and it was like a, a three-high coverage. He was trying to throw the post route, which, again, doesn't make sense. You know, it's not covered to middle of the field open. It's middle of the field closed, and he's trying to throw the post route backside. Yeah, incredible. But the linebacker Leonard is dropping under it anyway. And he doesn't even try to fit it around him. He just tries to throw it as hard as he can, like, over his head. And Leonard just has to, like, literally reach up and grab it. Such like, it's like he threw it right to him. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. Such a joy to watch. Oh, I'd love yep. to see that. That would be that would be high entertainment. All right, Mark, that's going to do it for the QB Sco Show. Any closing words for the gentle listeners before we get out of here? Look, just like we said at the outset, look, be safe. Practice the social distancing. You know, take care of yourselves. Take care of others if you can, like – Check it on friends, neighbors, and things like that. These are interesting times. Maybe we live in interesting times, but we will get through it. And the best thing you could do is stay at home and listen to BGN Radio. That's right. That's yeah. a fact. That's all you need. <laughs> all you, we got, all we need. If you like what you've heard, leave five stars. Leave a written review. We appreciate you for joining us. Hope everybody's staying safe and staying sane during the quarantine. We'll catch you next time here on the QB Sco Show. Jeez.